How are you all doing? Uh, we're gonna do a little... <laughs> Is it really American? Yeah. Y'all. Hey y'all. I've been reading American fan fiction actually. That's what... We are gonna do one on fan fiction today because... I mean, my favourite thing. Writing is... Writing something... It's quite important to both of us. Um, you're currently, with your studies, doing a lot in the way of proofreading and screenwriting. And, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. Um, I've got a truly horrible book on Amazon. Um, oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't read it. I should, shouldn't I? So, writing... What's it, what's it called? Plug it. I'm not going to plug it. No, no absolutely not. How are you going to get people to read it? Um, oh, dude, I'd, I'll throw some... Uh, Fun leaflets around. <laughs> Things are not solved by leafleting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, so writing is something that is... Uh, is important to us. I know from conversations we've had outside of this that um, it's something we both take very seriously and it's something that um, we do put a lot of thought into and, you know, bounce ideas off each other. Uh, so, you know, going into the world of fan fiction, which is notorious for being bad. Yeah. I, um, I haven't read a lot. I've got too much other stuff to read. I guess it's one of those things... The internet has given us a lot. Self-publishing as well has yeah. added to the But I, I, did, I did read a, a quote by a, a producer, a famous producer. I can't remember who it was now, but, you know, he was talking about how it, it had become easier for people to release their own music. And the point he was trying to make was we might have a lot more at, at our fingertips, but it doesn't mean we're getting more good quality stuff more at your fingertips eh? yeah more at our fingertips <laughs> um, it, it means that yeah. we're getting more shit yes. essentially and I think that can that's true of all the, the sort of creative industries so music filmmaking you know with YouTube um, fan fiction or just self-publishing we're not essentially getting more high-end stuff we're, we're getting a lot of the dregs as well well fan fiction is people just elaborating on their favourite things because they haven't got enough of it so they yeah. try and write their own come up with different ideas well a lot of the time I, I feel like it's they're sort of ham fisting their own kind of fetishes into their you're getting a lot of innuendos in so far <laughs> <laughs> well you've got at your fingertips it's... fisting all sorts of things are going on. Well, because a lot of fan fiction turns into erotica, people connect with characters so much they're like, oh, I fancy them. And they're like, that's true. They, characters that they, they, they fall in love with these characters. Especially or, if they've been on films, right? You know, if you're cynical like me and don't necessarily believe in love, they fall in lust with these characters. Love and lust. I mean, one's a desire. What's the difference? One is just an impulse, yeah. It's just a chemical, it's a chemical reaction which makes you want to breed. Isn't that love? That's what love is, yeah. Yeah. We don't do chemical reactions <laughs> <laughs> anymore. All right. Well, um, I've got a little story I've sourced. Yeah. Just to see we could go through it, have a little read. I'll read it to you, Hamish. It'd be like, uh, well, I was hesitating to say reading a book to a child in bed because this is called A Visit from St. Dick. Yeah. Um, I'll go through a bit. There's a, a, wonderful, um, a wonderful person named Rob Bricken. Good man. Yeah. Is he Welsh? Uh... Possibly. <laughs> I don't know why you even tried to figure that out from his name. You'd have gleamed that. Well, I just said I, th I thought you might be th you might sort of have just been thinking of Rob Brydon. So. I was thinking of the Brecon Beacons. Okay, fair yeah. enough. But he's uh, he's actually sort of written a bit of a list of things that make 
for really truly awful fan fiction, and it's, it's actually it, quite good. So, uh, criminal depravity. Mm. So the more absurdly unnatural in, and inhuman things that happen in the fan fiction, the higher the rating of criminal depravity is. That's probably why the sci-fi section gets a lot of yeah. Threat. I mean, it's got to as far as criminalistic behaviour, it's got to be it's got to ring true. But mm. it, a lot of people who write fan fiction just go, you know, way too above far and beyond, and people, you know, eating bones of children, and you know, what fan fiction. Well, that just sounds like uh, fairy tales. You know, the original fairy tales were just so Ogres dark. and, yeah. In the original Red Riding Hood, everybody got eaten by the wolf. There yeah. was no huntsman. Mm. It's just very dark. And Hansel and Gretel, do you remember? Um, the kids ran off, didn't they, because the crazy stepmother sent them. And then when they got back, after escaping the woman in the gingerbread house who tried to put them in the oven, mm. they got back and she was dead. And the dad was just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of the, I mean, some of the other things he's got here are, are pretty, um, you know, they're pretty understandable, like the quality of the writing, so... It's usually quite poor. Yeah, obviously, mm. if it's, if it's going to be poorly written, then I reckon it's, it's quite literally poorly it, written. Isn't it? What most good writers would call the vomit draft, they've probably just written yeah. it, typed it, press... Well, that's, that's another thing he's got here. Cra- uh, graphic detail and vividness. Depravity is one thing, but portraying it in a way that lets the reader more accurately imagine the horror is nauseating. We didn't want to see textures, smells, little sensations. So um, that over-detailed over uh, sort of writing, it's, it's kind of a... I guess, the balance is wrong. Well, I guess it's, it's, uh, it's indicative of someone who can't self-edit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Well, there's the no self edit. I reckon they just finish and publish straight up. Yeah. And also, when you talk about the graphics, I think of all the, especially now with Kindle, sort of self published to Kindle. The there's a, quite a few blogs on the worst covers. Covers. And they are. I have when I was putting mine up, like that poorly photoshopped. I did. Um, I did go through some covers just to see what sort of. See, I had, a, I had an idea of what a book cover should be, and even though I'm not a graphic designer, I feel like my... You're quite good at stuff like that, though. Well, I think just from, from studying film, my eye for framing mm. and composition is fine. Mm. Um, and so mine was, like, really... Well, simple. for the first series, you did all the covers. For yeah, them. yeah, well, pretty good. It's, my, I've just got a, it's just a simple eye. Like, I, just, I like simplicity. But some of them were just like you look at it and you've got to you've got to look for the title. You can't really figure out what that you know what the picture's supposed to be. It's really poorly photoshopped as well. Yeah, or you know, low res, like low res blown up so it's all pixelated. You know, you don't you don't want something yeah. like that. But well, it's gonna put you off. Um, people say don't read a book by its cover, but everyone does it. It's I think it's the same with wine. Um, I do, I pick wine. Like, yeah, I used really, to be a wine merchant, I still pick wine based a, on the label. A really nice label doesn't mean that the wine's going to be really nice. But if if the company that produces it puts that much effort into the design of it, then they must think they have a good quality product. That's true. So I think the same is with books, with CDs. CD art is, you know... Mm. I've, it's usually I've, pretty good, isn't it? I have not bought it's CDs. It's Nirvana cover. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. I don't get it. But it made you look at it. It's a great cover. Mm. Um, but this I, is what's quite sad, isn't it? I'm ten years younger than you, roughly. Yeah. And 
you've done all the technology, you know how to edit these you know, <laughs> pictures, and I'm like, I've got a clue. <laughs> well, technology, man, technology is like a race. You're running side by side with technology. If you, I don't understand it. If you stop to take a break, it will go on ahead, and it's not going to wait for you. So you've got to. Well, I took a break keep... about ten years old, and I haven't quite. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. I've just never, I've never stopped running alongside with it, and it's at times exhausting. But if you stop, it's not going to wait for you to catch up. I I try to tell this to older relatives of mine. You know, you really need to sort of stay on top of it because otherwise, you're going to end up almost on the periphery of the modern world. I'm I'm like a fucking retiree with these things there. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's broken. Get rid of it. And they're like, no, it's just, you just got to press the minimize or something. I'm just, I'm out. I give up. Uh, I've forgotten my password. I need a new computer. Pretty much. If, if, if turning it off and on doesn't work, it's broken. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. So, so what have you got? What have you got in terms of fan fiction for me? Well, I just, I just thought I'd read you a bit of, well, I picked the title because I'm thinking about the childish today because I was laughing at your indicative. Um, a visit from Sun Dick. What's wrong with my indicative? I don't know. It anyway. had Dick in it. Um, <laughs> that's how childish I'm feeling. So, I, this firstly is written by someone who's called himself Stormbringer. Which <laughs> <laughs> you really enjoy. <laughs> and I've got. Well, fucking bring me the storm. Show me what, show me what it's. Well, a visit from Sun Dick, and it's like a Christmas related thing, which is what I thought, because it's going to have. Christmas erotica yeah. but then the subtitle is A Brief History of the Elvish Race which <laughs> is completely <laughs> I don't understand where that's where it's gone from Father Christmas to, to the Elvish Race but we've got a little bit of a brief history of the Elvish Race do you know anything about elves? pointy ears? Uh, you know I know what an elf is yeah but well, other than you know that me. Really but there's a disparity between elves in, in The Hobbit Lord of the Rings or whatever yeah, warriors as opposed to Christmas elves. Yeah, that's funny. Well, shall I just read it to you, and you can, we, you can just pop in. Well, I think I need to ask is you know Ireland, E I R E, Ire. Yeah. Is that how you say Ire? Yeah. Good. Okay, I was going to check that because I was going to reveal my ignorance. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think um, I don't think any Irish people would be listening to this. God no. They'd all be getting drunk. <laughs> an Englishman, um. <laughs> an Englishman, and a Scots Australian. Mm. that's not high on the list of Irish people's podcasts. just need a Welsh person here just, <laughs> yeah. just to piss them off okay so this is the brief history of the Elvish race I okay. hope you enjoy this Hamish yeah. as the human tribes grew more numerous with each passing winter the elves were forced to retreat from their homeland settling on Ire so they're Irish elves are Irish apparently I thought that was leprechauns but never mind the Emerald Island was already settled by an ugly misshapen people <laughs> <laughs> Known as the Furbolgs. <laughs> this is our discussion earlier about the stupid names people put in, which they easily conquered and enslaved. So there you go. Known as the Tuatha de Danon, <laughs> the elves were tall, apparently. I thought they were short. Tall, fair, and amorous race. Eventually, mankind came to Aya, and for a time, the elves, whose females were always few in number, enjoyed having human women to play with. <laughs> but in time, the human males learned to make weapons of iron, which gave great pain to the elves. They fled the north. I imagine that's the first paragraph, and I love it. <laughs> okay, I love the fact that weapons of iron give great pain. They killed them. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's needlessly uh, cloudy, the language. It's, it's sort of... yeah, I'm not sure the Tuatha de Danon. It's, it's 
Poetic. Even fearsome men with iron weapons inhabited the lands of Scandia. So obviously That's... they've taken Scandinavia yeah. out and ruined it. Yeah. Which is not Ireland. Mm. Uh, and the proud elves were reduced to living in caves, mating with their furbolg slaves, until the proud race was reduced in stature and beauty. Oh, this is why they become short and miserable, because of the Irish fucking the elves. Okay. They're the Northmen took to calling the elves trolls, with a misplaced comma there. And they were shunned until the randy nature of the elves forced the humans to hunt them down to protect their women. Klaus, the last elven king, so there you go, you got the link for Carl Christmas there, yeah, yeah. went before the Northmen's god, Wotan, and grovelled that his people would be, be spared. Wotan declared, that a Weregild tribute be paid, there's so much superfluous bollocks in this, <laughs> for eternity to the children of his warriors killed in battle by the elves and ordered them to leave, only returning yearly with the tribute. So this is uh, erotica. <laughs> Nothing's happened. Yeah. Klaus enchanted a herd of reindeer to carry his wife and the survivors of his people far to the north, beyond the land of the Laps. And they live there to this day, toiling endlessly, making gifts for the children of the Northmen, who became a great seafaring people, spreading their seed far and wide across the earth. So this is what you tell children about how Father Christmas came about. Okay. Wotan was known as Saturn by the southern people, and the tribute fell on his day, Saturnalia. <laughs> Even when the old gods died, the tribute continued, Saturnalia becoming known. Oh, this is just graphically terrible. Becoming known as Christ's Mass for the Son of the New God. I'm really bored. Yeah, it's gotten... Uh... The, uh, the early Christians were both better and worse than their predecessors. Okay, I'm just going to read this really quickly. They condemned followers who didn't obey the commandments and Christ's burden fell only on those who were, who were decent, so he began keeping a list. Ah. Ah. However, the Christians also feared the red-cloaked figure calling him a devil, Satan, Old Nick, or Satan Nick. Not, <laughs> this is not right that, at all. That's not right. But as they began to celebrate Christ's birthday on the Saturnalia, and given the fact that Klaus always brought gifts to the children, Klaus became known as Saint or Santa Claus. There you go. The brief history of elves. So now we get into the real story, apparently. This... Uh, see, this is kind of like Dan Brown meets white supremacy meets... <laughs> I love how elves were born out of like these tall, blonde, graceful elves mating with the Irish. <laughs> these short, dwarfing people that made them horrible. Anyway, we'll do this quickly. A black gloved hand with fur trimming reached out and grabbed the picture over the fireplace. The picture showed a man and a woman of the house on a beach somewhere celebrating their honeymoon. It was the woman's bikini-clad figure that drew Santa's attention. She had a beautiful innocence about her that stirred the old elf's loins. <laughs> Why is Santa an elf? Long, straight, black hair framed... Oh, I thought she was blonde, anyway. Long, straight, <laughs> black hair framed a face with full lips and bright green eyes. <laughs> it's two sentences apart he's already fucked it. You fucked it, mate! <laughs> Her hair fell to the tips of full upthrust breasts. Upthrust? Maybe perch, she was. Maybe perch she was, is what I think is what it means. Maybe she was stand, doing, standing on her head. I don't know. She's lying down. Her thin waist <laughs> tapered past a flat, sexy belly flaring out at her hip. Flaring out. <laughs> it's quite a rough. This is really florid language, isn't it? The picture was about 10 years old, so she's obviously got shit, is what he's saying here. And if the woman had kept this body after having her two brats. <laughs> Santa decided she would be the one. 
in misogynist. <laughs> Santa's a cunt. <laughs> Not even a mouse was stirring. I like the fact that they've got that poem in. Oh yeah, it's the... referential. It's like you know, you gotta you gotta make it real. <laughs> As Santa moved through the house. Oh shit, whose house? It's not even his. He's in a house looking at someone else's photos. Yeah. He's really creepy. The Elven King, so they've changed his name here, possessed the ability to freeze time. Or more Since accurately. when? <laughs> or more accurately, move his own body and anything he touched outside the normal flow of time. This was how he and somehow was accomplished delivering the Christmas tribute in one night. I like the fact it's a tribute now. Mm. Though still bitter at the tribute after 3,000 years. <laughs> Santa looked forward to leaving the bitch behind on Christmas night and getting some young pussy. <laughs> this has changed in tone quite dramatically. Man, this is fucking awful. <laughs> I'm loving it. I can't help but read on. He passed the brat's room. He really doesn't like kids. I thought he was Santa. Groaning at the visions no, of Harry... It's Satan, Nick, remember? Oh, it's Satan. Oh, he's yeah, a remember? dick, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I've forgotten already. Groaning at the visions of Harry Potter toys dancing around in heads. Let the parents buy that crap. If he listened to all the Harry Potter requests, he'd have built an entire factory just for that. Every damn year it was something else. Pokemon, Beanie Babies, crap. Doesn't like anything. He arrived at the parents' room and pulled back the covers of their bed. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> His cock stirred when he saw the woman laying on her side, clad only in blue panties and a white tank top. So something did stir. It wasn't a mouse, but something did stir. His penis. Um, his <laughs> elvish penis. <laughs> the the penis of the elf king stirs. What, one thing he's forgotten here is he arrived at the parents' room, but only she's in bed, so the husband's just been disregarded, <laughs> forgotten. He's probably going, wondering why it's all cold. She's stolen the fucking sheets again. <laughs> no one's knowing how. Oh God, that wasn't a sentence. She had kept her trim figure, but it had actually gotten better. Having two children had fattened up her breasts and her ass was a perfect white globe. He ran his gloved hand across her ass, squeezing it, impressed by its firmness. Yes, this human would do nicely. <laughs> the male slept nude on his back. This is a bit weird. The woman's clothed and the man's completely naked. He had developed a paunch since the picture. His penis was a typical human half-cock. And it was as erect as he dreamt about his wife. Oh, that's... Spurious. <laughs> Does he know what he's dreaming about? Yeah, that's <laughs> speculative. Time frozen dreams were hard. Oh, he's frozen time. That's why they're not reacting. Ah. Because he can do that. Because he can do now. that. But apparently only him and something he touched. So he's frozen the woman, but the man's still going through normal time. I'm, I'm lost. Who knows? Time frozen dreams were hard to read. Maybe he's grabbed him by his human half cock. <laughs> Santa could sense hers were erotic too and not about her husband so he knows what people are dreaming but he knows when you're asleep that's all I know from the song see yeah he knows when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake never says he knows you're having erotic dreams and will grab you by the cock he knows you're not dreaming about your husband but the husband's dreaming about you Santa left them four special presents under the tree as he returned to his sleigh so there's a bit of a time jump here mommy daddy Santa's been here screamed Amy throwing herself on the bed Sheila and Jim Smiled at each other and climbed out of bed, throwing some robes on. I thought she was already dressed. Yeah. Amy pulled them downstairs where Jimmy was waiting. Jim, who's Jimmy? Kid. 
So the dad's Brad, called Jim the and he called one yeah, of the other. Yeah. His son, Jimmy. What a cunt. Their son was sitting near the bottom of the stairs with his arms wrapped around his knees, staring in awe at the presence under the tree. <laughs> Why does he look like he's in shock? <laughs> in the fetal position. This presence. <laughs> Later, Jim aimed his new Polaroid camera at the kids playing with their Harry Potter figures. Fuck. Glad you like it, said Sheila, watching the pictures come into focus. I love it, said Jim, and I'm going to love seeing you in your present. <laughs> Later, dear, her husband given her some lingerie, so skimpy it had made her blush. Sheila wondered if the present was for her or for him. Mummy, what's this? Can I open it? Amy found another present under the tree. What's he going to have given them? <laughs> there was more, one for each of them. Go ahead, honey. The children opened their presents. Both got the same thing, a little doll around a foot long. It's an anti-climax, isn't it? There was nothing special about them except when you laid them flat, their eyes closed and they made snoring noises. Jim opened his gift. It was a new thermos bottle. <laughs> he sniffed it. Mmm, eggnog, he said and took a sip. <laughs> good too, try it. Sheila did, and she had to agree it was quite good. Mm. She doesn't quite agree. Yeah, yeah it's quite good. Warm, and she detected the hint of alcohol. These must be from your mother. It was just like her to give Jimmy a doll. The weird thing was, the boy seemed fascinated with the doll. Shit. Sheila opened the last gift addressed to her. It was a two-foot-tall, slightly sinister-looking Santa. Well, as we know, he's, he's the devil. Mm. More the jolly old elf than the fat old man in a Santa suit. There was a switch on the thing's pedestal, and she pressed it. Jingle Bell Rock blared out, and the thing started moving its hips, dancing. The kids laughed, and Sheila placed it back under the tree after turning it off. She found it kind of creepy. Sheila got up to go start dinner while the, dinner. While the kids played with their new toys. Jim turned on the game and sat before the TV, sipping his eggnog. This is very slow, isn't it? It's, uh, it's not really going anywhere. No, all they've done is describe what happens on Christmas Day with a pervy Santa. Mm. Or a guy who's a pedophile or something, yeah. dressed up <laughs> as Santa in the house, roaming through, wondering about people's half-cocks. That's been the best line so far, isn't it? <laughs> Sheila sobbed as she climbed out of the bath. Oh, my God. Dinner with her parents had been a complete disaster. Jim was drunk off his eggnog. Lightweight. Slurring his words and swaying at the table. He had burped out loud and told a joke that made her mum blush. The kids hadn't seemed too interested in the pre presents their grandparents had bought for them. They seemed to like the dolls Jim's mum had left for them too much. After telling herself off, Sheila... I don't, we don't need to know all this, do we? Sheila didn't know why she was bothering. Jim wasn't getting any tonight after his behaviour. <laughs> She began rolling on the nylons that went with the lingerie he'd given her. It was very sexy. Lacy, white bra and garter ensemble. The bra pushed her large breasts together, giving her cleavage that rivaled Dolly Parton's. <laughs> that is the benchmark. Oh. Cleavage. The lace left little to the imagination. Her nipples were clearly visible, as was her pubic hair when she pulled on the panties. They aren't doing their job, are they? These, these underwear? She hooked the nylon... I'm not really sure what the job of underwear is, aside from to... Well, it's not to have everything on show. I'm sure it's to cover things up. I don't know. She hooked the nylons to the belt, amazed her, herself amazed, sorry, at how incredibly sexy she looked. She decided she wouldn't put on her robe, stroll up to Jim, hold it open to show him the lingerie and say, you can have this if I ever forgive you, but for now you're sleeping on the couch. What a bitch. That would teach him to make an ass of himself in front of her parents and the children. Before she could do it, Amy ran into the bathroom screaming, Mummy, Mummy, Santa looks funny. Strange. Her daughter grabbed her and pulled her downstairs. Sheila gasped when she saw what her daughter was talking about. The children had stripped the dancing Santa, and the toy was anatomically correct in every way. 
It had a long dangling penis as long as Jim's that looked huge on the doll. <laughs> it was thicker than her husband's, which is a half cock as we know, mm. and nearly touched the stand it was so long. It's like a tripod. The rest of the doll looked, uh, commas all over the place, looked like a typical nude Santa. Why have the kids stripped this? Do they do that normally? Is that if kids do that? I used to strip dolls. Yeah, but they never had anything there. They were all just smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a fat belly, white chest hair and rosy coloured skin. Our mother-in-law couldn't have known what was under the thing's clothes. <laughs> what were you two doing? We were playing doctor, said Jimmy. Whatever gave you that idea. They did, said both kids at once, pointing at their dolls. They had stripped their dolls naked also, but they were normal. No sex organs. It's not normal. <laughs> oh, they did, did they? Well, run off to bed. I'll check on you in a few minutes. Sheila watched them run off. She moved the Santa back under the tree and couldn't help touching the fake penis. Despite being obscene, the craftsmanship was amazing. <laughs> the penis had a lifelike detail that made it look real in every way. I'm worried that this is some sort of magical real penis. Could be. It had a big blue vein. Just one. Running the length. <laughs> Ridges, bumps, and was even warm to the touch. Oh my god, that's gross. She let go, feeling uncomfortable all of a sudden. Nah. Sheila walked upstairs into the children's room. Do you think Stormbringer has ever seen a penis? I think Stormbringer has only seen them on the internet. Okay. What sex do you think Stormbringer is? Because he seems very focused on penises. I think female. I think Stormbringer is female. Do you think so? Do female women write erotica, or is that sexist to assume Female it? women, as opposed to male <laughs> women? <laughs> I was <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a superfluous word that these days. Okay, it could okay, be anything. Fair enough. Sheila walked upstairs to the children's room, straight after touching a penis. <laughs> Amy and Jimmy were in their beds pretending to sleep, and both were snoring softly. <laughs> Poor pretending there. She knew they were faking because both were in the exact same position as the sleeping dolls lying beside them in bed. Does that mean they're faking? <laughs> <laughs> and they were both snoring like the dolls. That's really, really creepy. This is turning into like a horror film. Good night, my sugar plums, she said, turning out the lights. Shirley didn't notice one of the doll's closed eyes open and follow her from the room. This is actually turning into a horror film. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock in capitals. It's probably meant to be sung, I'm not doing that. The song blared from downstairs as she was walking to her bedroom. She ran down the steps to the living room. Somehow the dancing centre had gotten turned on. I think that's a double meaning. Power, maybe. Its arms moving up and down as it swung its hips. The big penis swung back and forth <laughs> like a big banana swaying hypnotically. This toy would fucking it would it would smash it. I want this toy. <laughs> this toy would really result. Sheila sat in her husband's recliner and stared at the big penis. So she's gone down to see a doll turn itself on, swing its hips with his penis lying around like a banana, and she just sat down and gone, oh. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> the lace on her bra scraped against her nipples and she realised she was becoming aroused. Another realized, random comma at the sight before her. A lot of women had a father figure slash Santa Claus fantasy, did, do they? <laughs> and not once they realised it's Satan, they went. And she'd have found the sight very erotic, F obscene. She couldn't help herself as her hand slipped between her robe and down her belly. Her hand worked its way under her panties and over her bush. Her index finger ran down her wet slit, growing wetter by the oh, second. Come on! <laughs> Shula moaned as she pushed one finger. Well, hold on, she's got practically a dildo there. Mm. Shula moaned as she pushed one finger. This is really, really horrible because my mum's name is Shula. 
My grandmother's name was Sheila. <laughs> this is getting really disgusting. So this is this is hard. Sheila moaned as she pushed one finger inside her vagina. She needed Jim bad. I thought he was relegated to the sofa. In which case, she should be sat next to him. <laughs> this is really, really awkward. She suddenly changed her mind about withholding sex. She'd punish him tomorrow. Sheila turned the Santa off and ran back upstairs, skipping them two at a time. She let the robe fall to the floor as she entered the room and turned on the light. So I think Santa's plan has backfired here. Because she's gone to have sex with her husband. Mm. Who, as we know, only has a half cock. She felt disgusted as she looked at Jim. <laughs> Poor Jim. He was passed out on the bed. The thermos cup had spilled on his bare chest and his chest was sticky with eggnog. Do we have eggnog? I don't think I've ever had it. I've... I've also hate the kind of double imagery that's going on. With well, I think it's very intentional. The stuff even covered his chin. That's impressive. He was still dressed. His pants... He's not still dressed, is he? Because he's got a bare chest. His pants were unbuttoned with the zipper down and his beer cup bulged out as if he drank too much. Sheila knew without trying that she wouldn't be able to wake him. Oh, the song jingles again. I reckon at... Okay, at this point in the song... We'll take a break. And I think we'll continue this. Do you really want to know we'll, we'll, what's yeah. going to happen? We'll continue this story, I think, in the next episode. Next week. Come yeah. back for more. I think so. Because be perfect dolls. Because it's... I don't want to end it, but I think... I think we are about halfway. Yeah. We're, yeah. And we're about... We're about at the limit of our, our usual length of a podcast. Well, so. We don't want to bore people with this story too much. <laughs> How could you? How could you? This is, the problem with this is once this is done, he has not written a chapter two. Or she has not written a chapter well, two. Well, we're going to have to write to Stormbringer. And ask her to bring some storms. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll take a break for, yeah. until the, the next episode and we'll come back with come the, back the thrilling week. conclusion to what the fuck is this called? Uh... <laughs> I can't remember. It was was like, it the brief history of elves? No, or that's the subtitle. Oh. A visit from Saint Dick. A visit from Saint Dick. We'll be Part back. Two. We'll be back with the, the thrilling conclusion to a visit from Saint Dick in I the next episode. Oh God, yes. Oh.